Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbook Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator of Tank McGregor, Ray Garza, and the illustrator for Death Wish, Kieran Quinn, here to promote Batch Number Four with Lesser Known Comics on Kickstarter. Hey, welcome, Ray. Welcome, Kieran. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Well, thank you for joining me today. But uh, outside my introduction, who is Ray Garza and Qu- Kieran Quinn in their own words? In your own words, I should say. Hey, do you want to go first or should I? Uh, yeah, you go first. Okay. <laughs> Just going to copy what I say, aren't you? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, Ray Garza, I am the writer illustrator of Tank McGregor. I uh, have been uh, drawing my whole life. Um, but I've only recently started putting my feet, uh, dipping my toes into the water of comic books and comic book creation. Uh, you have a background in film and filmmaking. I used to do a lot of shorts and even dabble in a few uh, productions here and there. But after a while, it started getting harder and harder to get my own personal video and film projects off the ground because of money issues or just there wasn't enough people to feel passionate about your work, you know? I mean, the projects that you want to get off the ground, but I still had all these stories and I still needed a creative outlet. So I just started taking all my scripts and my stories and I started putting them into sequential art. And that's how I sort of got into the whole comic book phase of my life. And what about you, Karen? Uh, Well, I too have been drawing for pretty much my whole life. Uh, And uh, this is my only recently did I start working on comics? Uh, I went to school for art. Um, and I've always been working on comics, like in in an unofficial uh, manner, where like working on my own stories and things, but never to, you know, publish or anything like that. So I, when I moved to the city, I, I live in Brooklyn. Um, I started, uh, trying to do art as, as like a way of income and, uh, realized that that's much more difficult than it seemed. So, uh, I took a job as a contractor and I've done art on the side, um, for, uh, the last like 10, 11 years. And so, um, when I was given the opportunity to do some uh, art, um, some comics from a friend of mine who like handed me a script and said, I want you to work on this. Uh, That's how we got, I got involved with uh, Mark at Lester Known Comics. And then he loved what he saw and said, hey, I want you to work on something with me. So he, uh, you know, handed me the script for Death Wish. So that's kind of how I got here. Well, can you both tell our audience what both of your comics are about? So what is, I guess, Tank McGregor about and what is Death Wish about? Uh, so Tank McGregor is a 120-page graphic novel, uh, science fiction, action, comedy. It's about an intergalactic bounty hunter who is kind of down on his luck. You know, he doesn't get a lot of jobs and the jobs he does get he doesn't get paid a lot for them. Um, does that sound familiar to anyone? Uh, so, um, but, and yeah, so one day he gets an assignment, a job to uh, go hunt down a uh, recently escaped pleasure bot who just gained sentience. So she thinks she's human. So she woke up 
and suddenly she realized I'm a sex bot. Oh my God, but I'm a human. So she escaped and went on a murderous rampage. So it's up to Tank McGregor to uh, hunt her down and bring her to justice. And uh, it's uh, it's got like high sci-fi themes, but it's it really sort of like turns them on their on their head. I mean, it's 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 very funny, and it's sort of like um, my wife calls it Cowboy Bebop meets Futurama, which I think is a pretty good description. <laughs> so uh, I'll just I'll use her pitch for it. But yeah, that's what that is. Cool. Um, for Death Wish. It's a it's a racing comic. It's kind of like a goofy, like uh, over the top, um, like action race. Uh, I don't. Um, we kind of mix. It's a mix of uh, uh, like Speed Racer and Mad Max. So it's just like a lot of like. Uh, demolition derby and i don't know it's it's over the top and a lot of fun um the idea behind it is getting like um oh i don't know (laughs) i don't know how to say it um well from what i've what i've seen it i mean what you said speed racer mixed with mad max it kind of does make sense it's very uh it's very animated um i like the was it like watercolor and marker that's what it kind of appeared yeah yeah so everything so everything i do is traditional Uh so uh except for the cover which oh my god i'm sorry um uh everything i do is traditional so yeah the like all my interiors and things they're all watercolor Mm -hmm. um because it's like the easiest quickest way for me to do uh art and like i think the most like freeing way of like putting color on a page um but i did do the cover and that's digital and it took me like i don't know 10 times longer than it should have because i mean even doing okay here this is the like the original pieces so oh wow I did 11 by 17 and I did it with ink and then I scanned them in. So this took me like no time. And then coloring, it took me like, I don't know, probably a week. And because I don't know how to color on my computer. Um, And if I had just done it watercolor, it would have taken me like, I don't know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So, uh, but it has a cleaner look. It's got a nice clean look like, like that's the way I feel like a lot of comics look. So it kind of catches your eye. And then when you open the book, you're like, oh, that's different. I like that. So, so I guess what is the, I guess, what is it about the process of working in, I guess, I guess a traditional medium versus a digital one that you prefer so much? Like what is, what is it about it that you love so much? um traditional just like it leaves the mistakes on the page Mm -hmm. um and it it it, to me like because that's how i've always worked it's just like 
I know where the lines are going and I know like how I want it to look. And when you draw a line as straight as you can, but it's not a straight line, um, it just has character. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I work digitally, like the cover, it's like every time you're drawing the line, you're making sure everything's perfect. And I think that's kind of what slows me down. But uh, I, I also like to work faster. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that working, I like having like the paper in front of me because everything is like physical and it's right there. And then when I'm done, I can like show you the, you know, the, the physical copy. Uh, and I don't think I get that same kind of feeling when I have when I've worked digitally as well. It's like, oh, I can I can show it to you on my phone or I can send it to you in an email or something, text message, but uh, it doesn't have the same feel to it where, you know, even if you printed it, it would be like a different, I don't know, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's, it's not, I think it kind of changes in a way what you've drawn versus when you print it out, it, it does, it looks different, it feels different. It's not the same anymore. I, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Ray, so how was your process, like your creative process throughout when you created uh, Tank McGregor? So like an idea in your head to flushing it out to now promoting it as a complete work? Um, I think initially the very first instance of even it becoming somewhat of a grain of an idea was um, I used to, uh, well, I still do, but I, I used to play a lot of Xbox Live with uh, my friends back in college. And uh, one of my friends, a gamer tags, his name was literally Tank McGregor. And I asked him where he got that from because I thought it was a really cool name. His name was Frank. So he was the first, that's where Tank came from. It was like Frank the Tank. And McGregor, he just thought it was, it sounded funny or he, sounded, he thought it sounded cool. So he put McGregor and he had no point behind it. And then just years later, when I was, dabbling with the idea of drawing a sort of space bounty hunter i remember that name and i called him up and i'm like hey can i use this name like just letting you know in case you someday you see it somewhere it was me like can i use your name and he's like yeah yeah sure go for it so now he's like one of the biggest like supporters of like the comic he's always asking me like oh how's it going like where's tank mcgregor going and like what are his adventures up to but uh yeah i basically just kind of like stole his name um and used it for my own purposes but uh, then after that, I did um, uh, have, all I had was 15 pages of dialogue. Um, I didn't have a script with actions and I didn't have like panel placements. And um, Kieran, you mentioned that you know where the lines are going to be. I have no idea what the lines are going to be. I had no idea what was, the page was going to look like. But I do see what conversations were going to be like in my head. I think it's part of the whole film background. So I see it more like just like a stage play, like two people talking. So I knew the dialogue and I knew I had a bunch of like dialogue in me. So I just started writing dialogue and I wrote 15 pages of dialogue and I just had that. And I thought it was pretty funny, pretty interesting, but nothing to it. I did not intend for it to be a comic and I knew it couldn't be a movie or anything. So I just left it there. That's just a fun thing that I wrote. And then years later, I came back to it, rediscovered it, read it, and I realized, oh, this is actually not terrible. And um, 
I, like I said, I've always drawn more as a hobby. So I just started putting pictures to the drawings. Um, if you read my comic, the very first words in the book are a narration. That's literally the very first words in the script. Like I didn't really change much out of it. The only thing that I started fleshing out were the actions and what happens during these scenes where people are just talking to each other. So how difficult for you was the world building? If it ever was difficult, how did you manage to create a world that is totally your own and integrate your influences in it, but maintain that Tank McGregor is yours in your world and not someone else's? It was a little bit of a balance of trying to, like whenever I had like a really good idea then trying to like backtrack and think that I get that from somewhere or like that I, I see that on some episode of something and I'm just repurposing it and doing like mental loopholes, uh, mm -hmm. uh, jump rope and accidentally stealing it. Um, and the other part is just, uh, it really was just like time. Like I didn't do this fairly quick. It took me like three years of, starting and stopping and starting and stopping and i had the benefit of so i didn't have any sort of deadline or anything i was just sort of doing it for myself i would make say like 50 pages and then i'd stop for about a month and go back and look at it and i'd realize oh you know what would be cool here and over there and i just keep on adding to it and over the process of like four or three years it just built out that way you know um i think having had the benefit of time is the way I was able to actually build out a pretty decent universe with its own uh, backstories and lore and, and rules that I was just having a lot of fun making up myself. Um, and at the same time, when I had a few drafts, uh, like the first draft, I would send it to my friends and some of them would respond and say like, hey, so this planet name, you got that from Star Trek or hey, you got this from Blade Runner or like they would like sort of call me out on things that I didn't realize that I was getting from other places. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. And that's like redo it and basically just kind of surgically make it all my own that it existed within itself its own mm -hmm. property and what about you karen from the perspective of an illustrator when you get a script from someone you kind of have to put it on the page so how difficult can it be for you with their world building like translating it onto the, their words onto the page um well i've been really lucky uh Mark kind of his script is very minimal. Um, the, the first this first book, it was just kind of like, I want this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. And he gave me uh, like a few words of dialogue and then said, uh, you know, like, let's see what you got, basically. Um, so I kind of got to just uh, sit and watch um, like some like old cartoons and movies and like watch old uh, tapes of demolition derbies and things and say, Oh, like, how do I want this to look? Or how, how, how would I draw this? Uh, so he didn't give me too much um, uh, constraints. And, um, he just kind of let me play with it, which was really nice. He gave me like a time period and then said, it's not, it doesn't have to be exactly that time period. Um, so that kind of gave me a limit to like, oh, like how, how far uh, do the, like what age of the cars or whatever. So like, I can't go past like 1980 or, you know, but it could be any time before then, you know, that kind of thing. And he also, 
you know, he wanted this Russian monkey, which we thought was a hilarious idea. He yeah. only speaks Russian. So we're like, okay, what era is it? Well, it's if it's earlier, it's going to be USSR and, you know, Soviet. And, and that's going to be like a whole thing on its own, which we think is hilarious. So uh, with Mark, he gave me a lot of a lot of freedom, which is really, really great. So is Mark, I guess, the first person you worked with professionally with illustrating or have you worked with other collaborators, uh, collaborators um, illustrating and how has, I guess, what's the difference between working with him and working with other collaborators? Uh, yeah, so I worked, uh, my first book is with uh, an, another company, well, it was originally with Lesser Known. Um, and then we took it. Uh, um, in another direction uh, with a different company, but um, yeah, that that was called Condry. That one's called Condry. Mm -hmm. um, it's a totally different story. It's like a noir, uh, uh, dirty New York City kind of thing. Um, when that was my that was like my first thing I started on, and my writer, <coughs> excuse me. My writer on that was one of my friends and he uh, he kind of let me play with that too. So that was really great. But it's also, uh, it's very different, but it's still done with watercolor and um, uh, things like that. So we've built that universe together. Um, and I now I have like a few different things that I'm working on that are all kind of within that same universe. So once you have um once you have like um like a universe in mind you kind of like stick to those boundaries mm -hmm. um but with comics it's fun to just kind of like expand 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 and see where it kind of leads um so that with that universe when i first was given that script and that had a lot more there was like uh, it was pretty deep he didn't he didn't give me like all the information up front because he was you know not keeping it secret but it was just kind of like you don't need to know this yet um so when i started drawing it he was like that's not what i pictured but i love it so let's go with that kind of thing so luckily i haven't I haven't run into too many roadblocks uh, with like being creative or, you know, building, building these, these worlds and universes and stuff. Uh -huh. So hopefully, I mean, I hope to work in someone else's universe because I would like that challenge. I, ha I just haven't gotten that, ch that chance yet. Uh-huh. And what about you, Ray? How has your experience been collaborating with Mark within uh, lesser known comics versus, I guess, your other experiences with collaborating with people? And it can be in comics or it can be when you used to work in short films. Um, well, my collaborative pro my collaborations with Mark have been uh, mainly on the, I don't want to say business side of things, but it has been in the more post-production side of things. Uh, Tank McGregor, I wrote and illustrated it all myself. I basically already had a finished book when I presented it to Mark. And um, through Mark, he basically brought it into lesser known comics and put it on the catalog. Um, but it's been 
super cool meeting everybody who works at lesser known comics and all the other uh, illustrators and all the other writers and just getting to see everybody's processes and what everybody's got going it feels very much so so much friendlier not to say that working in films was unfriendly but it definitely does feel like it's a business that doesn't want you in there you know and even when you have a group of filmmaker friends you all sort of like are looking out for your own baby and it's very rare to find a group of people who will ask you about your thing and want to work on your thing and help you make your vision come to life most of them are just kind of I hate to say this but it feels a little bit like people are kind of looking out for themselves Mm -hmm. again not everybody but that's some of the experiences I had in the film world which is why it's so much harder to get stuff off the ground because you got to be a little bit of a shark and a little bit more cutthroat and a little more uh, outgoing and extroverted things that I am not. Um, so it, making a comic was really freeing because I don't have to depend on anyone else. I can write, I can draw. Um, the only thing I outsourced it for was the coloring that was done by someone else. But uh, once I did it and I had a finished book and I kind of broke in for lack of a better word into like the comic scene and I met all these people it was just so refreshing to have people be excited about something that I made and showing me the stuff that they made and want to help me out of my thing and I'm I makes me want to help them out in their thing and it's just the it's two different worlds even though it's like the fabric is the same which is like storytelling and just like creating interesting worlds you know the, the people are vastly different from my experience mm-hmm. so from what you both have learned over the years what advice would you offer to other artists it can be um you know other illustrators and can be other writers um just artists in general pretty much that you wish someone would have told you when you first started oh <laughs> um for me i i well i just wish that i had more feedback other than like, oh, it looks great. Because like looking back, I'm like, it doesn't, but I don't know. Like at the time, you never know exactly like like what you're doing. And a lot of people like offer their like uh, congrats or whatever. Like they're excited to see what you've done. And then they just say it looks good and you get no like criticism. And to me, that was like, that was pretty difficult because moving forward, you want to show other people that actually, you know, know what they're doing. And once, once that happens, like you get like a smack in the face, right? Oh, no, Mm -hmm. no, this isn't good enough. Or you really need to work on X, Y, and Z. Um, So, you know, if I had, I don't know, I guess I never... I never put myself in a situation where I thought I was the greatest or anything, but um, I always knew, I, I, uh, and I always know that I, I can always improve and it can always be better, but um, it's nice to have like actual conversation and, and feedback and criticisms and, uh, Oh, change this or work on that and that kind of thing. And that's like, even now that's like something that is great to, great to have um for me i mean if i had any advice for people starting out 
it would be to not wait for things to happen to kind of make it happen um one of the things that i wish i had known was that i didn't have to be an incredibly skilled artist to make a comic book um i'm not knocking my work i'm proud of my work but there was a time where I felt that, well, if my work doesn't look like Todd McFarlane's or if it doesn't look like Mike Mignola's, you know, that's not good enough to be a comic book or to be out there. Um, and it wasn't until I realized that it's not that my work is bad, it's that it's just its own style. And once I got that through my head, I ended up leaning on that style and making something out of it. And now I'm really proud of the way I create uh, drawings and the, the way my work looks. Um, and I just waited a long time to realize that. So I would just tell people to not wait. And, you know, if you start something today, that's already like a head start. Then if you had started it tomorrow, you know, um, you're not going to want to, like one of the worst things is like realizing that like, oh, if I'd started this a year ago, I would have would have been done by now or something, you know, but I waited a year. So I'm glad that I started and I'm already past that year and thinking, oh, I'm glad I started this four years ago or whenever you know instead of regretting mm -hmm. it so just not not to wait so my last question for you two is what is your idea of success i ask that because as creators if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art we consider failures or we consider ourselves failures many of us will put our dreams and projects on a back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive so what is your idea of quote-unquote success um, if, I didn't die, if i didn't die or get run over by a car i think i've had a pretty successful day <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, whenever whenever you wake up in the morning and and you're still there i think it's kind of nice mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i think for me uh i mean i've always felt successful like every time i finish a page or something it's always like oh just the just uh i finish a drawing that's success that's one way to think about it um i i i think i've said this one other time i think um like uh it's really really wonderful to see your name on something physical um and say oh i created that like whether anyone ever reads it it or whatever it exists and it's in my hands and that's success to me and i mean i hope people enjoy it and i want people to like see it and pick it up and say oh wow i like this was great and and like share in that success but um it doesn't uh like success is such a weird word i guess right mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i mean this doesn't this doesn't pay my bills you know that doesn't that's not my top concern i mean I, I love to do it and i really enjoy it and uh i do have a you know a full-time job that pays the bills and hopefully you know i can swap that and you know do this and this will pay the bills and that'll be the success the success that i've been looking for but again, it's just great to see, you know, someone say, hey, I'll print that for you and or I'll, you know, join my team and we'll work together and we'll build a universe and that 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 success is uh, really quite nice. Mm -hmm.
I 100% agree with everything you said. Yeah. I mean, like, it's no, really, like, it's exactly what you said. Like, I don't, I really do. I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, but I really do feel successful every time I finish a page. And I felt success when I finished the book. And then I felt like I was successful when Mark offered to print the book, you know, um, and put it in his catalog, I thought. And the idea of like money hadn't really crossed my mind. I, I, I'm not making any money off of this book uh, yet. Uh, hopefully someday but uh but yeah like I'm already over the moon just that it's getting viewed and seen and the fact that I have a physical uh embodiment of years of work um a physical product in my hand that feels pretty successful in itself and maybe in the future if I can just do that for a living then that'll be that success for future Ray you know but right now currently I, I do feel pretty successful as it stands mm-hmm. you know you know what else um when someone else draws your character, like someone that you created, like, oh man, that's great. That's, yeah, that's yeah. A, what a feeling when, when someone thinks that what you created is cool enough that you, that they did it themselves and then they pick it up and they show you and they say, look, I like, I drew what you do. And <laughs> like that, that's, that's an awesome, awesome feeling. That is an awesome feeling. And it's happened a couple of times with Hank McGregor with uh, some of the lesser known artists send me some stuff. Uh, Doug Knight recently uh, did a, a fan art of Tank McGregor with the Futurama characters. And he's like, like Leela is like lighting a cigarette and he's putting his feet in a, a bender's body, but it's like a foot warming massager thing. And it's just <laughs> like this really creative thing. And I'm like, wow, like that's insane. Like I, yeah, I would have never thought someone would like actually like clearly this person was looking at my work and trying to get it right, obviously getting it right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so like you said, it's so satisfying. It's so humbling. And at the same time, it's so flattering. The idea that someone is looking at your work and trying to recreate it because they like it or because they had a really cool idea what to do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, or is there anything else that either of you want to touch on? Uh for Tank McGregor or for Death Wish as a whole that I may have missed? Uh, no, you know, uh, Tank McGregor and uh, Death Wish and Goodnight are all on Kickstarter right now. There's uh, nine days left in the Kickstarter campaign. It's uh, been going really well, really smoothly. And I invite everybody who hasn't heard or is remotely interested in awesome artwork and comic books and um, all that jazz to go and pay it a visit, you know, at lesser known comics on Kickstarter. And uh, you can follow our work there, and uh, you can follow my work at Tech McGregor Comic on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, you can follow me on on Instagram, uh, uh, KX Quinn, K X Q U I N N, and KX Quinn Sketchbook. The sketchbook uh, Instagram will have more of my art and stuff. But uh, I am very bad at posting, so I try to do it as much as possible. But um, it's just not my thing. Uh, again, physical versus digital. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it for me. Um, yeah, I'm also having like a crisis on Instagram because like I have my Tank McGregor comic page and I have my personal page. And I don't have like an art page. So I'm like, if I do like a piece of art that I like, but it's not Tank McGregor, should I put it on the Tank McGregor or should I put it on 
like my personal one along with my dog and my wife you know like i don't know what to do so i want to create a new one but it's like i don't want to start from scratch so i'm like just having all these problems that i'm making myself up in my head <laughs> yeah i mean even my sketchbook is like it's not new i've had it for over a year but it probably has like 20 things on it that's why i keep saying like oh go to go to my other one which is my personal one it yeah it has pictures of my cat or whatever and but it but as you scroll down you'll see it's all art and other things that i've worked on or built or created or whatever you want to say so mm -hmm. all right well again i want to thank the creator of tank mcgregor ray garza and the illustrator for death wish karen quinn here to promote batch number four with lesser known comics on kickstarter i highly recommend our listeners to give the kickstarter a look share and back if they can all of Ray's, Kieran's, and lesser known comics socials alongside the Kickstarter will be listed in this episode details for those who are interested. Again, I am KS Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdberg Podcast. Thank you. <laughs>